Good evening and welcome to Take Two. Thank you guys for joining us here live as well as those joining us live online. As you can see, I got Brian. The audience is crazy today. <laughs> we um, have a little different uh, scenery here. If you guys were here Sunday, you saw that we painted the place. We're doing some new things. Had a facelift. Felt it was important if we're going to start off let's start off fresh and it sure felt that way it really did oh nice you know i think painting is a great way to kind of set things off and it's definitely a little bit more taking place when the place feels good it's more than just an aesthetic look it's kind of something that affects you yeah. so it was great having people here sunday made me gosh feel more alive uh, just being able to communicate and so uh, we are continuing that I uh, remind you that we are here Sunday inside. Uh, masks are optional. Uh, they recommend if you're not vaccinated that you still are safe and wear a mask, but we're not going to card you. So you're welcome to come and join us and just you know bear in mind your own safety. We do have outside still available. If you don't feel comfortable inside where you can meet outside, uh, it's getting pretty hot. So most people were inside Sunday. Uh, because of the air conditioning, but we had a few people outside. And so those are options, and hope you guys will join us because it's so important to connect. Also, another thing that we have been trying to do is develop some workshops. Um, you want to share a little bit about the workshops and what we're trying to do? Yeah, so me and Sam and Jordan and Randy met a week ago, and we had this, this idea of basically trying to, trying to reimagine um, how gathering could look like. Um, Sam had this thing where he was saying that we don't want to come back the same. We want to come back better. Uh, or maybe that was Randy. Either way, it's, it, I think it's a great um, way to like to see it. And all of us have passions. All of us have a circle outside of Genesis. And what a beautiful way to be able to bring people here that um, and connect people to other people and connect people to God, connect people to Jesus, connect people to to other people's passion. Um, then inviting them to an event. And I think if you have a passion for anything, um, I mean, you, a lot of you remember when we are doing the different classes here in the, in the space, we're trying to get as creative as possible. I mean, those Pilates, DJ, painting, philosophy, things you probably would never imagine should be at a church, but we were um, opening the room up to ideas, and I think that's what makes Genesis great. So, so if you have a passion or an idea, <clears throat> come and um, share that with us. Churches, people. Churches, right? people. Yeah. Churches, people. And so, you know, we have to keep that in mind. So whatever people are into, that's where God is going to be and show up. And we want to meet him there. Absolutely. <clears throat> so last Sunday, I kind of broke from the transformation wheel. And I talked about God meeting us where we're at. And I used the story of Moses to try and give an example. Or actually, Stephen in Acts 7 uses Moses as an example of leading to Christ. And we look at Moses, and he started off in a real deficit, yeah. right? At that time, Stephen says, and at that time was the time when the Israelites were enslaved. At that time was when Pharaoh took the firstborn male of the children and had them killed. At that time is when Moses' mother had to put him in a basket and send him off into a river susceptible to, again, 
you know, anything. I, yeah, I don't know if there's alligators or crocodiles in the now, but one of those things are out there, the predators and just drowning because that was a better option than keeping him, right? So at that time was a time of extreme deficit, and yet we know the story of Moses, how his life ended up being used in a powerful way. And I thought that would be fitting after a year plus of pandemic to be able to say, you know, at that time, there is not a period, there is a comma, and life is going to continue. And what God did through Moses, we want God to do through us. Um, that was kind of the starting point and the gist of it. Yeah. So. That was a great thing. You did a really good job, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it, everyone. Yeah, hey, thank you. you. <laughs> I was wanting it to connect with people and maybe some of the things that they have gone through in this past year, or maybe prior to that even. Um, anything strike you about you know what's happened? I know Kirk shared a little bit with me that there were some things meaningful to him. I think off the bat when I was listening to it, I thought of, you know, when you hear somebody's story that was kind of, like how you're describing Moses' story as being starting off rough. And sometimes maybe you might hear somebody's, you know, um, like uh, imprisonment story and they got mm -hmm. out and they started a business. and or like, like, yeah. like almost like the pain jump-started the, um, the triumph. Um, and sometimes you hear a story like that and you're like, like, do I need something like that to happen to me before I'm able to um, – to accomplish something great mm -hmm. or, 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 you know, like I, and that's, that may be a, a weird example, but I guess what I was leading to was that rarely do we like see our ourselves and look into our own lives and the things that we may have gone through and overcame as ways that God is using and orchestrating towards the triumphant moment mm -hmm. or that, or that future to use, um, by him so i think like i don't know when you're saying stuff like he started off rough for moses or like even mm -hmm. um started off like a uh, unlucky or whatever like it was a, mm -hmm. a tough beginning and you're like almost did it have to happen for him to to be able to have that kind of foresight to be able to move forward and i think we all have those in a sense i mean we didn't get yeah. Put on a river. A lot of us didn't kill anybody. <laughs> um, and, does, you know, but I'm saying, like, we all have a story that leads to something. Yeah. You made a really good point later about how you had all these gigs and how all of them are a piece of you and a piece of that is, is leading you towards who you are now. And, yeah, um, yeah I think that, that's it's beneficial to do that, that inventory of, like, where God has taken you already. Yeah. And I, I hear my wife's voice in my ear because she always is an includer, right? And it doesn't – you don't have to – be thrown into river with crocodiles. You don't have to have major, you know, pitfalls and you don't have to do grand, you know, extravagant delivering a whole nation from, from you know, deliverance slavery, to be yeah. used by God. Even small things can be powerful things in the life of some people. And so I, I think this story is encompassing of a lot, right? It's yeah. not just the, the big people doing the big things or having the big problems happening. It could happen in small ways too. Um, but there is a, a, an understanding that God doesn't 
waste anything. He, he's very good at making every circumstance, every issue that you've gone through or even have work out to something that's beneficial. You know, the whole point of Romans 8.28, God works all things out for the good, is encompassed in a, a chapter that is filled with terrible things happening. Yeah. Right? And, and it's there that God shows up and does the good. Right. You know? And, and so I think it is important to realize that. But then when we do feel like we are, you know, alone, we do feel like we, the odds are against us. We feel like... Um, an outsider. I think I said that he was outside, and I used just the illustration that Moses really wasn't accepted by the Jewish people at first because he was raised in the house of Pharaoh, right. and he's not really an Egyptian because they knew he was a Hebrew child, right? right? So he kind of had this no man's land. Yeah. And um, I shared the story about the uh, person whose dog I trained in Reno. That's the one. I remember I asked you to give me that poem that you did. Yeah. About when you Filipino. were yeah Filipino. Yeah. I shared that with her. Cool. And so um, just because I thought, oh man, I know someone who this. So I shared it with her, and I think she really enjoyed it. So, but that feeling outside, feeling like you don't belong. Um, I don't know. I think we all feel that to some degree. Yeah, and I think. I, it's it's strange because like you think that Moses like um, when you think of Moses, I think you touched on this a little bit too. Like you think of Moses, you know, like it's like, and then you forget like there's like he has a backstory, you know, he has like a past. He was isolated. He was he was different, and it's it's cool. Like the the what the Bible does really good is like he it gives us insight to relationship with the person. Like mm -hmm. it, it almost gives us like a snapshot of like um, their life and how and their legacy and and what brought them up to the spot. And it's almost like I wish that um, we could, like, do that for ourselves, you know? Like mm. like Kurt was saying, he makes poems, like, writes poems recently. And I do, when I look back at poems, like the poem that I read on uh, Art for Artists, mm -hmm. I didn't remember really writing that. I was, I was sharing yeah. that. And I think that's what kind of documenting does. You can, somebody documented the life of Moses and you're able to see that uh, struggles, uh, that he was isolated, that it wasn't good, that he did things that were ungodly, that he was still being used by God. And not only that, but he was being, he was a gifted, you know, a prophet. He was yeah. like a, a deliverer. He was, you know, the per only person that saw God or whatever, you know, like it was like he was used at the highest level. And, and this is the person that maybe should not have been used by. Yeah. I mean, the guy murdered yeah. somebody. Right. You know, yeah. kind of a lot. And again, we, we tend to read over those things as, oh yeah. yeah, by the way, he killed somebody, right? Or David, yeah, yeah he killed this person. Right. You know, it's like, oh, that's a bad thing to do. That's a real bad thing to do, yeah. right? I mean, that's just not a little thing. That's yeah, it's pretty, not kind of bad. yeah, that's kind of go to jail for those things, right? I mean, those are things that it's funny how we can give a pass to our Bible heroes, but we have a different, you know, category for the people around us. Yeah. Um, just interesting how that takes place. Your poem that you shared at the AFA, um, The Art for Artists, I was thinking about that when I was putting this together, just when you were talking about your aunt who has Alzheimer's and can't remember, right? And then talking about, well, what memories would you delete? And then it's like, no, I need those memories, right? Yeah. Those memories are part of who I am. And so even those things that, you know, seem just trivial or like in there, you talk about some of the awkward moments of your life and how, they, yeah, I'd like to just forget those things. But then at the end, you were just like, no, those 
those are important, right? Yeah. And you said something in there, gosh, what was it? it? You had a line, something that's memories are more important. And then feelings. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, well, gosh, there's, I mean, there's so much. So no, I wanted to ask real quick, and I'll go, we'll come back to that. Okay. About um, who you wrote that, who you wrote the sermon for, and who you're thinking about when you were when you were saying that, like everybody, uh, like what what prompted you to write about using Moses as a story to talk about um, significance or that you matter and and thanks for the shout out for that uh, <laughs> used car salesman that a year that part matters too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I mean, it it definitely was for I think coming out of the pandemic. I thought of a plague. I thought of how it seems like our whole planet's been plagued this past year. You know, we've gone through things um, that I've never gone through before. And I think about the kids um, growing up having to, you know, face a world that they don't understand and that seems very dangerous all yeah. of a sudden. You know, when you're having to wear masks and you can't go to school and how do you recover from something like that? You know, you, you can't just pretend it didn't happen. Right. You can't just say, okay, every, we're, we're going back to school now. Everything's good. It's like, excuse me, you know, um, my mom lost her job. Um, I haven't seen, I didn't get to see my grandma who died. Um, you know, there are thousands of stories more like that where it's something that is going to have a tremendous impact for decades if we do not give that a voice and acknowledge what happened there just like we had to acknowledge where Moses is where we are where our society has been to to allow it to have value we have to allow the weight of what has happened to we have to feel it if we don't feel the weight of what's happened in our society, we will ignore it and we will still walk with a limp because of it, yeah, especially yeah. in our children, I think. And so um, I just wanted to kind of put something to say that where you are, God is not going to allow it to be waste. And to those children who went through horrific things and are frightened, um, it's not going to be a waste. You know, it, it can build a better future if we can learn from it. And that's what I hope we can do. And so that's kind of some of the thoughts I had yeah. just dealing with it. I was just curious because I was, like, thinking about, like, how you picked Moses for the mm -hmm. for that. You know, I, I, you'd think you would pick, like, a Ruth or, a, like, a <laughs> Job or somebody that was, like, yeah. yeah. And I actually thought of plagues, thought of Moses. And then I went and listened to a bunch of talks on Moses, and put and it, it did it for you. Yeah, so yeah, I liked a little bit on the on the holy ground, too. I like the your take on taking your shoes off because you want to be close, uh, to, close to God. You know, that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, I think we tend to look at things like, oh, take your shoes off. It's like, oh, God wants us to be distant, and I feel like God is always wanting us to be close. I, th I think of it like God, that people read that and they want us to be religious, like um, take your shoes off, take your, you know, uh, cover your face, cover, yeah. you know, like a religious thing. But when you said that, it kind of, 
it brings that whole like uh, interpretation of who God is in relation to mm. us. I also thought of it like what do shoes do? Like like protect us, and God doesn't want us to be protected. Mm-hmm. Like He is our protection, kind of yeah. thing. Like He's our shoes or something. You know, yeah. like um, almost a vulnerability by getting there. So yeah, that. yeah. Like we'd be directly touching, yeah. touching holiness. You know, or uh, yeah. But we think of it like be sacred or be yeah. You know, like a, this is special. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is. But God's like, no, do I'm, the right things. I want you to touch as close to me as possible. It's just beautiful. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it, it's, I think, a powerful picture mm-hmm. of just, you know, what God is trying to do with us and drawing us near. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, one of those things where it's God, because we are so diverse and we have so many, you know, backgrounds represented in just even like a small community like ours, that diversity is possibility, right? That, that diversity is the ability to communicate in a much broader sense. Um, I think it was when I was talking with your wife, Alex, one time, she was remembering when she went on a mission trip and she could speak the language and she was so thankful because she was able to communicate, right? That whole other language gave her the ability to see the world in a much bigger way. And if we are together a, a community, then all these members allow us to have much more influence and effect on the world. Yeah. You know? and, and I think all those things, you know, Moses was educated in Egypt, you know, and I, I said, what a waste, right? I mean, what good is an education when you're in a wilderness with the Hebrews? Right, right. right? It's like, you're not going to talk about their gods, right? You're, gonna, you're not going to talk about the Nile. All these things are back where you are. I mean, we don't know exactly what he learned, but it wasn't wasted. Right. You know, God had all those things be a part of his life, even though he was in a totally different place. Yeah. And I, I think that's an amazing thing when you hear people, well, even just like the class that we had, the AFA class, where we had the two poets, the musician, and, and myself. <laughs> I'm here, I'm a dog trainer. Um, but we all had different places to come from. Yeah. And I thought it was how in- interesting, even I shared how it all ended up kind of around Christ. That was just a wild thing. Yeah, and even to connect to that, there was like um, a thing, the thing that Lydia shared about like being able to learn two steps up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and if you... I know you, none of you guys were there, but I was talking about um, kids learning and how if, if, some, if a kid is learning, typically they won't learn from me. They're going to learn from another kid that's a little bit higher than them. And then maybe when they get to their level, they might go a little higher than them. And I think as adults, if we can get that concept back, um, like maybe through the pandemic, maybe through what we've been through, maybe through our uh, talking about our story, our stories and healing, um, we might be able to realize that there are still some people who are trying to heal and you might be on the healed side and knowing that they're looking at you as two steps up, mm-hmm. knowing that you are in a teaching position. And I think that's where like the, like the call to leading workshops and such yeah. like the participation, like the call to participation is like a pretty cool thing. Cause it's, you're now self-aware that you have taken what you have learned from you, from church from your circle now you can share that with somebody else and empower them like that's 
That's that is church. That's that's the yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah, that's and that's the whole point of like the yeah. workshops and what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to help everyone participate in the work. It's right. not just you know a few people are going to do the work. We need everyone involved with it, and so many of you are involved. I mean, so many people are reaching out to their friends, the people who are you know shut in, um, making those phone calls, uh, extending help by sending meals and things like that. I mean, that's been going on. I couldn't even list all the things that have been happening. So that's it's amazing and it's wonderful, and we want to see it continue just in so many more ways. Right. Right. But yeah, it's important to see that God meets us where we're at, takes whatever influence we have, and can mentor somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, even if it's just a step behind us, someone just needing a little help to get through. You know, doing something. I know Kareen has this ability. When people are looking to, you know, get a, a driver's license or to get something done, you know, with a passport, she's like on it. You know, she's like, let me make some phone calls. Let me get this. And she like drive them down to, you know, L.A. to get their passport expedited or something like that. Those kinds of things where if you just need a little help, there's someone there who can probably do that, you know, yeah. for you. And it's not like she's an expert on, you know, documentation. She just... She has a servant's heart, too. Yeah, she just... That's what I'm saying, too, is, like, a lot of us are in this, like, I don't... I can't do it stage. And, like, God's like, no, you you have everything inside of you that um, that can allow you to, to accomplish the thing that I already put on your heart, yeah. you know? I didn't put it on your heart if I didn't think you could... You couldn't do it or, you know, and finding the way. I think we make so many excuses. And part of that Moses story is, like, he had every excuse to not, you know? Or, yeah. And he shouldn't have, but it's like God's like calling you. There's no reason you're, you're equipped, you know. Yeah. Like it's you have it in you already. So I think it's funny. There is in high school, my geometry class. I just like could care less about geometry because I thought to myself, I'm never going to need geometry, yeah. right? Because I was going to be a rock star, and rock stars don't need geometry. Absolutely, so, absolutely. you know. So <laughs> I, I just I made it through geometry. I had a C. And the, one of the teachers, there's two teachers that shared the class, and one of the teachers said to me at the end of the class, she said, you had the most double zeros, which means I didn't turn in the work, anyone ever in my class, and you still passed. And I took it as a compliment, right? Like, yeah, yeah. that's right. I could do nothing <laughs> and still pass. And it's only because I cheated. Um, but I thought, I'll never need this. I ended up in a profession when I was engineering fire sprinklers where I needed to relearn geometry. And I just thought, I thought I'd never need it, and here I am later needing it, right? And all these things that happen in our lives, and you think, ah, that's useless, ah, that's useless. And then you never know, down the line, it could be, like, vital, you know? And so something that you thought, oh, that's trivial, that's not a big deal, oh, that's a memory I just want to forget, or that's something I've gone through, a job experience, whatever. And down the line, it could be something that's really important. You'll yeah. encounter someone, a circumstance, a job, and boom, you know, there it is. It shows up in a powerful way. And side note, Nugget, I don't know if you heard this um, fundamentalist, but um, <clears throat> Sam and I listened to this, this podcast called The Fundamentalist, and one of the guys on there, Peter Rollins, he had said, he was talking about math. Did I say that? Did you listen to it? <clears throat> what he was like basically saying that, like, how we see God is a lot how people see math when they're learning math in elementary and growing mm-hmm. up in high school. They're like, um, 
like math is over there and you're like learning the thing and then you come to a point you might come and you may never come to the point where like you start looking around and like literally god math is everywhere you know like mm. math is in the glasses you wear and like this table and it was just engineered the tv and you're like oh, no math is like not the thing it's math is everything yeah you know, like there's like <laughs> a moment that you're like god is in everything you know like if you yeah. could get there and i think that's like a powerful a powerful mm. place too because it 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 takes god away from being the thing like the white beard um lightning bolt god to like oh god's like here now you know yeah like, like when two or more gather you know his he's here and the holy spirit's here mm -hmm. and jesus came and you know and now the holy spirit lives in us you know like it's like yeah. it's just it's just a crazy realization when you get there you know yeah yeah but it yeah. And, but empowers so. you to, to move to a place where where we're trying to get to i think you know yeah, like, yeah. to at least see it and see the yeah. potential that's there no, that's really cool. Um, hi, Connie. Hi, Connie. And anyone else who's online, if you want to have any questions, uh, jump in. And, huh? Uh, Kirk oh, Kirk says hi, Connie. Kirk, <laughs> Kirk says hi. And then if you guys have any questions, if you want to uh, speak up, you feel free to. Yeah. <laughs> anyone, anyone. <laughs> How everything's fertilizer. Yeah, that's cool. uh, yeah, what we think is waste is actually fertilizer. Um, that God uses the waste of our lives to be fuel for our future. He He takes the mistakes and brings meaning. Um, I think that's important to keep in mind so we don't get lost in the, you know, depression of what's happening because it's easy to do especially through a year like what we've had, you know, to just like, man, this year was a waste. It doesn't have to be, right? It could actually be fertilizer for the future uh, if we want to learn from it. And I think we should. I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do with the workshops and things is really make, let's make the most out of what's happened and let's try and connect like we've never connected before in better ways. Um, God up cycles. God up cycles? Up cycles. Yeah. That's cool. Very good. Um, the alternative, and I talked about this, is Moses fled because he was in fear for his life because he just killed somebody. And then he settled in the wilderness for 40 years. Mm. And I don't know, that's, that's a fear I have of settling. Um, because I think when you settle, usually you're not aware that you're settling. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's just kind of like you get tired, you stop trying. Um, I mean, it happens in relationships, you know. Um, it happens in jobs, and it can happen in life where you just settle. Um, and that scares me. I don't know. What are your thoughts on just that idea of settling? Another shout-out to Lydia because she shared this song about – it was a, like a lullaby-type song, and it was about a bear – and then later we asked her what the bear was or who the bear was. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a person maybe named Bear or, or an actual bear. <clears throat> but she said it, the bear represents, like, content, um, yeah. being content. And her description of being content was either settling or um, 
not moving forward. And she, the bear and, and the lullaby was, she said, should I be scared of you? Should, it, should I be safe with you? Yeah. Like, it was like, you don't know when you're, and I think everybody, it's like a human condition thing, you know? Like, everybody knows that feeling like, do I be safe and build my white picket fence? And um, do I, like, try to, like, get to a place where everything's perfect? Or do I be realize that that's not a real place? And do I mm. um, move into a constant, like, learning of, like, my spouse into a, into a new space that we can build for other people? Do we mm. um, constantly be uncomfortable so other people could... Um, be comfortable you know like it's like i think that's like a settling it is it is dangerous i mean yeah. I like how you see it i think being content and settling are different mm-hmm. um yeah but settling to me especially for someone like us like where we're constantly almost putting ourselves in the position where we're uncomfortable because we don't want to feel that any uh, that 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 too safe thing, you know. Like I, yeah. like I gave a kidney because I'm like, I, life's too good right now. I think I need to <laughs> shake this up, you know. Like I think there's a certain thing where you're like, oh, like life's great. Like how do I, yeah. how do I now give this back to God to be used? Because part of what I think you're talking about with the Moses story is, uh, and and when I talk to other people who have been through like some heavy heavy stuff, is that you're like. God is closest at those moments, you yeah. know, like how do I get close, closer to God? And then it can't be a woe is me moment. It has to be a, it has to be like, Oh, okay. God use this, you know, for, for your glory. Yeah. And it's almost like those moments strip us from the, you know, the pride instantly. Yeah. All those facades that we put up to try and, you know, seem like, okay. Even the things that we put up to ourselves, I think, you know, we can have just the false self, you know, where we think we are something we're really not. And those moments tend to reveal what's really going on, what's secure, what isn't. Um, how little control we have is usually one of the things that happens. And then we become really childlike. You know, our child is so dependent and we become real dependent on others, on God, on circumstances. And it, it forces us to, like you said, be humble. But in the humility, we are able to receive control is a good word once i mean i think that's a good topic to to tie to tie into this like what, what if someone asked you like oh i really like your talk sam um but you know um i i kind of need more uh like like almost like control is a facade of like a, a safety like i think mm-hmm. there's a how am i trying to get to um, like we're reading in James right now, and there's like a a kind of theme of of control, um, mm-hmm. and I think there's like something in here too, where I feel like if someone isn't careful, they might hear like like be be more controlled of your like mm-hmm. work work towards control, and it, and do you think control is like a bad thing? Um. I think control's an illusion. I I don't think we really have control. I think it's good to try and have a self-mastery of your life in what ways you can, um, but to always be aware of how big life is beyond you. Um, And so there's nothing wrong with trying to do well, to 
achieve, to um, be good at something. And those things can be look at, looked at as control, I suppose, to some degree. But I don't see those as, you know, a place. I guess what ha can happen is control can become an idol, right, where it's like, okay, this is where I'm going to find security. This is where I'm going to find contentment. This is really what is going to bring my life what I need. And then I think it, it's become an idol hmm. because I don't think it can. I think that's the illusion. I think that has to fall apart so that you can see that it wasn't really strong enough to yeah. hold life for you. Um, and that's where God, again, shows up in his unassuming way. You know, he shows up in the the little things and the hurtful things and the taking the waste and making it fertilizer, taking the broken and mending it. You know, those are the things God does um, that control can't do. And yeah. So it's just a different process. And I think seeing it to make sure you don't make it something it shouldn't be. And I feel like that's different than saying like all th like everything happens for a reason, you know, because I hate that. But I, when you when you yeah. hear like God works everything together for good, um, I, that's something about that resonates as truth. And everything happens for a reason, doesn't? But it kind of sounds like the same thing. It could, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's one is recognizing. I think that situations in life happens, and in the middle of those things, God is present and working, where the other one is almost more like, oh, no, it's purposeful, intentional. This is what's going to happen. Like, I don't think God was responsible for Pharaoh killing the babies. Yeah. I think that was a Pharaoh thing, right? I don't think, uh, you know, Moses being placed in a basket instead of killed was just God thing. I think his mother made an incredible you know, decision to do that and was very brave and risking that, right? I mean, I, all those things are people things that God shows up in, right? It's not just God says, yes, throw the basket out in the water and yes, kill these kids, right? That's where all things work out, you know, or everything happens for a reason seems to be more that line where, yeah, God wanted you to. It, it takes yeah. the God out of it. I yeah. Mean, literally. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 and just makes him responsible for everything. So you don't have to do worry, take credit <clears throat> for anything or responsibility for anything because everything happens for a reason. Right. right. And so it can be anything from a promotion to cancer. doesn't matter. Everything happens for a reason. And it's like, well, God shows up in wherever we are. But it doesn't mean that it happened because God did it. Right. Like that's the, what I see the rub in that area yeah. yeah it irks me too I, I just feel something's happened because i was stupid and i made a mistake you know yeah and that's my fault i got to take credit but in the middle of that god takes that and he uses it in my life and i've seen it yeah. i've seen it in my own life plenty of times <laughs> that's right. quit talking about me like that yeah <laughs> god, god yeah god that's god for sure <laughs> yeah i mean and it's those are comforting things, right? Um, I mean, towards the end, I talk about, you know, where Stephen says, it, the same Moses that God used to deliver the people. Yeah, that's key, yeah. It. Yeah, it's the same Moses is the same Moses who was, you know, a slave, the same Moses who was going to be killed, the same Moses thrown in the water, same Moses killed the Egyptian, same Moses who fled for fear for 40 years. That Moses. Yeah, yeah. It's this. like key for uh, testimony purposes. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, and like if they saw me, uh, t 
10 years from now, he'll be like, that was Brian. That is Brian, you know? Yeah. But he, he looks and acts different now, yeah. you know? He changed. That same Brian. That yeah. same Brian. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I like about what you just shared there was the bit about these things that God is bringing us through aren't only for our growth, but for those who are bearing witness to our life, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes things happen again and again and again, and we're like, why is this happening to me again? But it was never about it happening to you. It was about God using you as an instrument to be on display for his goodness and his glory, right? Like, how will you respond? He'll use you as testimony in your response as opposed to this is happening to Brian again. Or, this is happening, you know? Like, right. Like, what happens in our life is more than just happening to us. It's correct. happening in us to happen through us to the lives of others. Yeah. And I think that's what I was actually trying to say with the cell phone awareness thing that there are people looking at us as two steps up mm-hmm. like we might think we're in like a horrible position or whatever and but there's someone literally watching you right now saying like i need to get where he's at mm-hmm. and then so i could you know level up or whatever you know you you are leveled up you, you are somebody's <laughs> level up you know yeah <laughs> like you Even don't know you don't think i remember <laughs> when we had when all the kids were small we had four little ones in diapers i think at the same time and life was just it was hallucination i mean it just was, it was hard to focus because we were sleep deprived we were exhausted and caring for these four little ones and i remember a friend of mine came up to me and he said man, you're so patient. I just admire your patience. And it was like, I had no idea I was patient, right? Yeah. I, I was just exhausted, you know? It's like, patient. it looked like patience for him. For me, it was just exhaustion, but it was working something in me, right? I just was unaware of it, you know? I, I was so exhausted with things that I couldn't respond in <laughs> positive or negative way he just saw it as patience but i did see it as i guess that is happening in me yeah you know i didn't see it at the time but through those things it was forcing me to learn how to be patient that or a serial killer right i mean that's like <laughs> my choices i could have been one or the other and, and so patience was the one that went out fortunately right um that was a joke uh, not a good one but it was a joke but those are the kinds of things where those circumstances, right, that happen to you, and it's like going, you're going through it, well, someone is looking at it. How are you responding to it? How is it working out in your life, you know, to see those things? Yeah, and how you, resp- and how you respond to it is interesting if you are naturally that thing. Like if you're naturally patient and you act like, like, yeah, you're right. I am being super patient. Like, you know, like I'm like, like, that'd be Kirk, like Kirk being like, yeah, I've always been a super good artist. You know, I never have to work on my craft. You know, like it, it's God did give us gifts to endure. You know, like I think like, like if you're a skydiving teacher and then someone calls you brave, you know, like because mm-hmm. you jump out of a plane every day, but that's actually gives you life and thrills. You're not actually brave. You're just doing the thing you love, you know, yeah. but you, how you, how you act and how you respond to someone calling you brave could actually teach that person how to be brave. Not necessarily, you know, like mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like if yeah. it makes sense, you weren't yeah. intending it for that purpose, but they just see it in you. Yeah. Your yeah. gift is going to be the thing that teaches them how to do the thing that they're learning it, whether or not it's, like skydiving, like mm-hmm. your gift is communication and connection and these things. But if you act like it just comes super easy and it's like this is the thing without allowing them to like 
see the troubles, the, the Moses story in your and how you got to where you are, mm-hmm. then they may never learn what they were brought to you for. You know, I think yeah. that's like it's super um, intentional why God put certain people in our lives. You know, yeah, I heard a podcast um, recently talking about millennials and Gen X, how one of the things that they're looking for is authenticity. Um, they're looking for someone who they're looking for the, the, you know, weaknesses in the person to show up so that they could see they're real Mm. instead of wanting someone who has it all together. They're looking to see where the, the flaws are. And if, can you speak to me from the flaws? Because then I can appreciate where you're at because that's where I'm at. And I just thought that was a very interesting take, you know, from someone who's trying to communicate, you know, the gospel to people who are in those younger age groups and those people who've grown up kind of in, you know, some of them seeing their parents in church and things like that. And then seeing the, the marriages fall apart, you know, seeing the, the hostility at home, you know, the facade at church and the, the real life happening and seeing those things. And then how are you going to communicate Jesus to that person when they've heard a Jesus that hasn't met where they're at? Right. You know, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And it's very interesting. And I think that's what we see through the scripture. I mean, you look at Moses, he murdered someone, David, you know, he took someone's wife, killed the guy, you know, these are the heroes of faith. We teach about them in Sunday school. You know, it's like, this is part of the story, the flaws of the people, right? And for some reason, we want to cover those up, put makeup on them, you know, dress them all fancy and say, yeah, they're, they're, they're really good. You know, Moses, the most humble man, you know, we'll pick out that verse. Well, what about Moses, the murderer? You know, it's the same guy. This Moses is that same guy. That's good. And it's important to have that kind of a balance where people see the real um, because otherwise it's... Yeah, no, that's good. That's good connection too. Yeah. That's what you said about the millennials. And it, it took me to a whole other place where there was... We're watching a WandaVision right now. Oh. And, it, and then there was like that... Uh, it's taken... Have you watched it? Yeah. And then like, you know how it goes through different stages of maybe like the 60s, 70s? <laughs> Sorry, Kirk never saw it. So <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, there's a, a, a stage where it's almost perfect, you know, like where the you the the, the wife dresses mm-hmm. in um, like I Love Lucy, you yeah. know, or something like where it's um, and then to go from that into a place where where now the the generation is looking for flaws, like because we tried so hard to make everything an aesthetic of perfection and. Yeah. Um, and we're like at the point where it's exhausting, you know. We're like, mm-hmm. give me something real other than something, yeah. like uh, manufactured, you know. Like, and we we know that too. When we touch something, we're like, this feels like like someone loved this, you know, yeah. or like made it with their hands, um, opposed mm-hmm. to being like uh, in a factory, you know. Like, I, yeah. we know the difference, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's got the human element in it that yeah. now I can connect to. Yeah, that one line, I don't know if you, how much of WandaVision have you 
Okay. Cursed, cursed I haven't. Oh, man. There's a line in there. <laughs> There's a line in there that makes me want to weep every time I think about it, but I won't say it. What's, you, what's the line? I mean, this is a line. He has to find it. It's uh, an Easter egg. Maybe grief is love persevering. No, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like uh, some Aristotle. Yeah, something. But, yeah, it's pretty powerful, I think, just understanding that, even with the topic here of where you are. Maybe... You know, the things you've gone through, the hurts, the, the pains, is love persevering in your life. And that's God persevering in your life. Cool. You know? and, and I think it's it's important to see that this is the story of Jesus, right? This is what Jesus is about. This is why we are followers of Jesus. He makes all things new. You know, this is what Moses is talking about at the end when Stephen says he was talking about one like him who was to come, right? He's talking about Jesus, the, the Messiah, the anointed one, the, the new king in a new kingdom, in a new way. And this is all pointing to him, how he's able to take the brokenness of humanity and bring restoration and bring purpose and bring vision and bring healing and bring, you know, a, a, a new set of coordinates that we live towards um, that help now move from, you know, the ashes to the future that God has for us. I mean, I think that's why, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus because that's what he's done for me, for you, for so many people, is taken this, you know, broken person and you know, is working in those broken pieces to produce something that could be useful. Yeah. Mm, that's important. That's good. That's good stuff. How are we looking? We make it? Yeah, we're doing good. Any other thoughts or questions? Class? Anyone? Any takeaways? Last takeaway? When I was listening to it, I had a lot of, like, thoughts going... Even as you were talking, <clears throat> there's, like, things that pop in my head that, like, uh, I think I don't want to dig into. But I think for me, my biggest takeaway is um, that we're, like, I, it's strange, but it's, like, um, the fertilizer thing. I, I, I know there's, like, something deeper there, you know. There's, like, mm. because you want to, like think about every horrible thing that ever happened in your life and think that God used it. And then part of you is like, I don't know if that's true, but I, I honestly have felt, um, especially through writing, I think writing it out, if I focused hard enough, could see God and in, in orchestrating my life through as a little kid, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, like, a lot of my writing, I even a lot of the stuff I never shared with anybody, has to do with like struggles, and I, I honestly feel like the reason I'm even writing it down is to so God can speak to to me later about it. Like I now have books on books on books on books that I'm gonna read later, and God's gonna be like, like there you are, there I am, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's I'm lucky that I, that God gave me writing as um, a thing, but. All that to say, I I can see God working in the in the fertilizer. You know, mm -hmm. I could see God uh, turning that in, into useful uh, 
tree growing stuff, you know, and uh, it's designed me, you know, like I can't, I can't uh, explain any different. It's like what molded me. The horrible times are what molded me, but it was good. It was a good, uh, a good comeback start topic. I know. Gosh, it was so different for me having people here. Yeah, I felt like if I could see, I could feel it in your oh, your man. energy as a speaker. I, I hate being I in an empty room. It. Yeah, it was, and then it's like it's hard to manufacture that for me. Yeah, you know, if there's no one here, it's hard for me to just pretend. Hey, you know? welcome, guys. even like your welcome was different, and like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah there's people. Up. Yeah, to look smiling at, smiling at me. Yeah, um, yeah, that's always nice. You know, yeah. It, yeah, it was very cool. So missed everybody, and again. Hope this can continue and to see more and more people engaging. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for watching. Again, be here Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We're going to do it again. And we'll be doing more and more things. We'll keep you posted at the events. Again, we're going to have our summer sessions. I'll let you know those dates when we have some potlucks. Get together. That'll be a blast. Potlucks are the best. They are good. All right, you guys. Love you. God bless you. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.